All right, my dear Bible in 365 brothers and sisters, today we are embarking on the incredible book of Job. Now, there are a lot of things that we need to say when we get into this book, and there's a lot of very interesting yet somewhat unknown or undetermined facts that really are important, and in some cases, although people consider them to be superfluous, they do exemplify something very critical. Let me give you one example of this. The book of Job is one of five poetic books. Now, there are, as we have talked about before, five books of poetry in the whole Bible. Okay, we have Job, you have Psalms, you have Proverbs, you have the Song of Solomon, and you have Ecclesiastes. Okay, now, uh, the Proverbs is a book of poetry, yet it encapsulates the whole idea of what proverbial wisdom looks like, okay? And so it sort of is poetry, not sort of, it is poetry, but it takes on a connotation in and of itself, just like the Psalms. And when we get into the book of Job, Job is what we would call historical poetry. So this is really interesting because in the Hebrew mind and in the Hebrew culture, when you use poetry, it is oftentimes uh, used in order to emphasize variable facts, or different types of things that have happened in the past that perhaps maybe they want people to be able to understand on a more clear level. And it always is interesting because this is something we don't completely understand in the English language, yet we use it all the time, right? I'll give you an example of this. If I were to go to you right now and I were to tell you to repeat this after me and do this out loud, it's a fun exercise, okay? Let's do this. Do this with me, say it out loud with me. Let's see how we go. Just follow me with it because I know exactly what you're gonna do. Just jump in the rhythm when I do this, okay? And let's go for it, all right? Here we go. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yes, I know it's basic, okay? We're going over the alphabet, but let's do this again. Follow me. I know it's gonna sound ridiculous, but when you follow me, it's going to make sense because it will prove a very, very important point. Okay, let's do this again. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. Tell me what comes next. I'd be willing to bet that most of you said L-M-N-O-P. You did not say L-M-N-O-P. Why is it that you would say L-M-N-O-P? Because you used a function of what Hebrews would consider to be poetry in order to learn a very important fact. Now, this came in the form of music for us in the English language, but how do you learn the ABCs? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, P. right? So the whole point behind historical poetry, which is what you are reading in the book of Job, is it establishes a type of functional cadence that allows you to better understand what's being communicated with a certain rhythm so that the important information that is coming your way in the writing is not forgotten. That means the book of Job is an important one for you to know. It means that it's critical that you understand the very things that are being communicated, and it's even more critical that you know some of the facts related to the book of Job. Now, let me give you a few facts that might be interesting that perhaps maybe some people have never really discussed. First of all, we could talk about the meaning of the word Job, and that is a highly debated one, right? Some people say that the Hebrew meaning of it means the one who's persecuted, and the reason why that oftentimes 
is uh, understood to be that is because of what has culturally been handed down with respect to the story of Job. When we say Job in Arabic, it means one who repents, but in reality that also has a connotation tied to it that's related to a story and not necessarily the actual definition. So the meaning of the name Job sort of puts a lot in the air. There's not a lot that we can really do to definitively say we know exactly what that name means, but there are some more important things to keep in mind. Number one, Job was a real person who lived during a real era, during a real time. And what we believe we, and of course, this is not even a really disputed issue. We believe that Job lived during the time of potentially around Abraham. We think if you were to put a date around the book of Job, Job is probably living around the time of Genesis chapter 11 and 12, okay? If you were to look at the dating of it, the writing of the book of Job is believed to be the oldest writing in the Bible. It may be the 18th book in the Bible, right? And of course, it may be one of five poetic books, but it is undoubtedly the oldest writing that we have in the Bible. Now, if you're reading it through the King James, then you've got 42 chapters, you've got uh, over a thousand verses and uh, 10,000 words. Now, that becomes kind of important because when you begin to discuss the way the language is structured and the words are structured, especially in Hebrew, it really adds relevance as into why we call it a book of poetry. So that's kind of an interesting thing to know. Now, there are some very important things to understand here. Now, how do we know that Job is hanging out during the time of the patriarchs? Well, there are factors that indicate that for us, right? Like, for example, Job was believed to have lived at least 200 years. And the reason why we know that is because Job has already lived about 140 years after the events of the book, right? So the idea here, based on chapter 42 of Job, is that Job had to have been an older man because we know how old he was during a certain point that gives us an understanding of where he was in that time of his life. We also know that his wealth, and again, this is based on chapter 1 of Job and chapter 42 of Job, his wealth is measured based on livestock and not necessarily other tools that were used to measure wealth in later time periods, which is why we get an idea of where he is. And of course, we know that uh, everything that we see in terms of the writing of Job gives us an indicator that he is part of a patriarchal clan, that his social structure was based upon what everybody would see or know or understand during that time, the patriarchy. And that's not a bad word, by the way. Uh, it's a very important word. And so this is how we know the timing of it, at least the time period in which it took place. Also, Job uses a name of God that was oftentimes associated with the patriarchal period, which is Shaddai, okay? Now, this is where we hear the term El Shaddai. Uh, this is where we see it, which means God Almighty. When you say El Shaddai, uh, sometimes you'll just hear it uh, Shaddai, which means the Almighty, which is often the times the way that God was referred to during the time of Abraham. Now, this also is important to understand that in the time that Job was writing this book, there are no references to a series of things here. There's no reference to the tabernacle or the law of Moses. There's no uh, reference to Egypt or the exodus from Egypt. There's no reference to Israel. 
And that tells us that undoubtedly he had to have existed before that time for a lot of reasons. Now, we understand this. It's really critical. Job loses a lot in this story. And this is where we really need to pay attention, right? Job loses his family, okay? He loses all of his money. When I say money, meaning all the things that he had, his livestock, all of his assets, he loses it all. And he also loses his health. And this is really important because, look, I've made and lost money a bunch of times throughout my life, but when you lose your health, it kind of ruins everything. And I know what it feels like to lose your health as well. When you face health challenges, it can be very difficult. And anybody who would read the book of Job would naturally ask the big question. And this is if you are sitting here and you're reading this book and you're wondering why God does things why God uh, positions things the way he positions them, why he allows certain things to happen, why he does certain things, then the book of Job is for you because you really get to understand the why question. This is what it is about. Now, I should also mention a few other things. Job came from the land of Uz. And by the way, for those of you that might not know, we know this, by the way, in chapter one, actually from the very first verse, we know that Uz was adjacent to the land of Midian, where, of course, we know Moses spent at least, at the bare minimum, 40 years of his life. This is after, of course, he escaped from Egypt after he uh, killed those two Egyptians, and he was in Midian for that time. Matter of fact, it's very interesting. This is where we get introduced to Jethro, who, of course, was Moses' father-in-law because of his relationship to the Midianite. Kind of an important thing, right? So the book of Job deals with the why issue. The book of Job deals with the problem of suffering. The book of Job deals with the idea that God is sovereign. And God says this to Job. He says, where were you when I created the universe? Where were you when I spun all of this into existence? And this is the book that truly teaches us to respect God for who he is. There's only one God and we are not him. And we get all of that out of the book of Job, right? And I can tell you this right now. Sometimes we can learn from the book of Job that it's not a good idea to listen to the advice of your friends because Job had several friends. He had uh, Ephaz and Zophar and Elihu. Zophar was probably the more quiet of, the, of all of them. Matter of fact, I don't know if there's any record of him really talking, but either way, these three friends gave him some very bad advice. Some of it was founded in the cultural, the prominent cultural thinking of the time. And they were all, the Bible says, from other countries, which is where we also get an indicator of the patriarchal time period because every city was considered to be a country in that day. There's a lot to that. When we go through our study in Genesis, I talk about that a little bit. You can go online to grab that. So there's a lot of stuff that's there. But perhaps some of the more insightful things that we pull from the book of Job is how spiritual warfare works. Works, right? We get an indication of how Satan interacts with the Lord when it relates to us, the saints. And it also continues to give us assurance that God is sovereign. God is on the throne and he rewards those who diligently seek him. We get all of that in this book. It's powerful stuff. It's insightful. It's remarkable. It's important. And folks dig into this book. I promise you it will change your life. And I can also tell you this, you are definitely going to want to go to jamescadiz.com and listen to my teachings on the book of Job. It came at a great price with me because every time I teach through Job, there's always some kind of suffering that happens. I believe that as I was teaching through the book of Job, there were some major tragic things that had happened in my life, things that I probably would not want to rehearse, but you will hear me talk about as I'm teaching through there because it's a very refining book. I can tell you this right now, you will love this book and it will make a lot of sense. It will help to put a lot of pieces together. If you're struggling, if you're finding yourself in a difficult space, 
Job is the book to go to. All right? Love you guys. Keep fighting the good fight. We're at the beginning of this race for the year 2024, but I can promise you, you will be blessed. We are very looking forward to the coming Q&A. I think we're going to do that early February. Very excited about what's around the corner. We love you guys. Fight the good fight. Keep reading the word. God will bless you. We've got some good Bible study videos coming up. Really excited about all of this. Love you guys.